Let's turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 2. We're going to read the story we've been reading all throughout Christmas. Luke chapter 2. We're going to read 1 through 5. You can remain seated. I'll just read those and you follow along with me. You know these verses, but talking about um, what's going on with um, the story of Christmas, and, I, and I'll show you what we've looked at so far, and it's inter- interesting how they all intertwine. Some of them cross over a little bit of what, what I'm trying to teach you, but as I've been studying this, I really enjoy um, the Christmas story. In fact, if you were to open up my, my Bible, this my study Bible, if you were to look, it, it'll go to Matthew 1 or 2 and Luke 1 or 2. And so there's just a lot of interesting things in there. In Luke chapter 2, it says this. It says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. It says, And the taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the things that you've, you've taught us when, it, when we study the, the, this, these two stories in Luke and Matthew. Lord, you know exactly what we need. And as we look at this tonight, this is the, the fourth message in this. May we, may we really see what, what you're trying to show us through this. Lord, I thank you for the story of the, of the birth of your son. And, and I thank you for all the things that, that you've done for us, allowing him to come on this earth and to, and to love us despite our faults. Um, and Lord, I thank you for, for him for his example that he had for us and everything that he did and everything he went through for us. Guide us in ways only you can and we'll give you all the praise and glory for it in Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter two, verses one through five are the verses we're looking at, but I want you to see a couple more things. Hopefully this thing will work, I don't know. You gotta turn it on. All right, here we go. Um, These are the things that we've looked at, the places. Do you remember all the places? Nazareth. Started in Nazareth, went to where? Bethlehem. And then um, we have Jerusalem in there for when the wise men went there. The, the, uh, Jesus took, the, 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 not Jesus, but Mary and Joseph took Jesus to Jerusalem. When they were told to leave, where'd they go? They went to Egypt. Then they were told to go back to where they were. And then they were, went up to Nazareth. So you've got all these different cities. You have all these places. And then we have this. We have the people involved in the story. Very simple, the people are these. To replace these things, to to rewind these things for you, the first one was Mary, of course, and Joseph. Those were very simple ones. You had Herod that was involved, the scribes and the high priest. You had the innkeeper, you had the, the, not the angels, but you had the shepherds and you had the wise men. Those were the people. Then we looked at this, we looked at the person who Christ is. The names of him. How many many names were there in, in this? Eight. You could count king of the Jews if you wanted to say that with, with them, so it would be nine, but I just, I, I'm talking about these other people. So now we have the power. Do you realize how much power it took to do this? You've got to have, how many of you like your power sources at home? How many of you start with a, drink, uh, with a cup of coffee? All right, how many of you raise your hand are coffee drinkers? All right, I'm not a coffee drinker. Uh, my wife is, and she starts with the coffee every morning. But power, you've got to have that power to have that. And there's so many, we're going to look at three elements. And then Sunday morning, we're going to look at this, the passion involved with it. Have you ever heard, the, and I think I might have brought this out at Easter, the, the parallelism between Abraham and Isaac and asking his son to, to, to kill his son and the parallel of Christ? There are some parallelisms 
but they're remotely, if you study them, there's some vast differences between them. And one of them was the passion that Christ had because Isaac didn't have that passion. He was just the sacrifice. And we're going to look at the passion that he had. But let's look at the power today. And there's actually three different aspects of power that, are, that, I, that I looked at and I found. And I want you to see these things. If you're writing things down, I'll give you a lot of verses and some aspects of it. But you can put all these together and you have the best story ever told. And if you think of all the miracles that took place, the power will show you some of the miracles. And I want you to see these tonight. We're going to talk about the first one, the power of the messengers. Who are the messengers? Were they the only messengers in the story? No, there's actually another, there's another set of messengers. It's not just the angels, and I'm not talking about a dream. There was another set of messengers that directed, and it would have been, we're going to look at them in just a second, but let's look at these first one. The first one, of course, is the angels. The angels all were definitely the messengers, and they were messengers to many different, different people. They were found in dreams, and they were found actually where people could see them. But one of the things that you can see that there's a lot of power in them is the way that people responded to them and the way that they talked to people. The word fear is found almost every time they show up. Now, it's not always a fear of them. It's a fear of what they're thinking. Let's lay some ground rules for angels. You've heard me talk about this. Angels are always masculine. comes from the word angelos, and it's O-S, meaning it's a masculine term. Does that mean that, that they're, they're masculine? That just tells you that they're not, fe they're not feminine. They're not females. And we know that by the names that they have. And so... When you look at these, let's lay some other ground rules. What is the what is a job of, a, of an angel? Their protection. They, they're proclam they, they make proclamations. But the main thing they are is just praise. That's one of their main jobs. And Lucifer was an angel, right? I want to ask you this question. I want to see how you answer this. Do angels have a will? Do they have a soul? No. They don't have a soul. But do they have a will? Where do you base that on? You base it on Lucifer and the fallen angels. And so we're going to look at these, and, and, and I want to re, re, rename, and I'm not trying to reiterate everything, but you've got to understand these things to understand what the angels and the messengers are. The names that they called Christ were very important. The messengers came down, and they perceived Christ as different than the people did. Because he was, all, he, he is in every, and he was always there. He was their creator. But they also had power. Now, the ones that follow God, they, they won't still keep falling and going to Satan. The ones that follow God are there. They're not going to move. They're going to stay on God's side. Throughout history, they're going to stay on God's side. So here you have the angels, and as you look at them, these are the words they use. They use the word Jesus. And they use the word Jesus just to tell Mary and Joseph what to call him. But they also use Christ the Lord. That's a very good term for an angel to use. Because he wasn't just Christ to them, he was the Lord. And he was, if, if I can show you this, he was the Lord of the angels also. 
He was also the son of the highest. That, when, he, when they say that, they truly understood who God was, and he was the son of God, is what they're saying. But I like how they say it. Instead of just saying son of God, they do call him son of God, but they also call him the son of the highest, showing that you can't go any higher than them. And I know this is all what I've already brought out, but I just, when I, when I reiterate these things, you truly understand how great the power was on these angels. He was also called the Savior. And I really feel he, he, they use the word Emmanuel to help Joseph with it, but it's also to them also, he is God with us. He was no lesser of God than God the Father. He was still God. And now he's in a form of a baby. And I just think it's interesting that these angels show up and they're all there to tell and to proclamate what's going on and they're there to protect and we'll get at some of those. But let's look at some of, some of the terminologies that some of the angels use and go and let's look at what, what they say to Mary. Go to Luke chapter 1. Again, we'll go from Luke to Matthew. Luke chapter 1, verse 30. Here's what the angel says to them. It says, it says to Mary, it says, And the angel said unto her, fear not, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. I don't think Mary was concerned over these angels. The only ones that were really scared were the, were the, were the shepherds. But here it's saying, listen, her fear was, how can I have a child? Because she questions everything. Her fear is, how, how can she do this? And the angels answer that. The power of the angels says this. It says, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Wouldn't that be a great thing for an angel to tell you that? Wouldn't it, it just be a great thing? And God created the angels for a purpose and here you see the one telling her exactly what's going on. What was, and when you study angels, you'll find this out. Whatever God tries to do, Satan tries to mimic it. For instance, what's Satan known for? He, he was known for always decla declaring who God was until he fell. He was also known for music. And, I, and as I look at music today, do you not think Satan uses music? Absolutely he does. And, and Satan's always trying to twist things. Here's a question for you. Did Satan know Christ was born? Did he know where Christ was? I think he did. But you've got to go back to him as an angel. He couldn't do anything unless God permitted it. He couldn't use people. He couldn't do it himself. In fact, go back to the story of Job. You see that. And here's an angel that's fallen and God, God talks to him and, and says, listen, have you considered my servant Job? And if God thinks that highly of you to, to unleash Satan, he really thinks very highly of you. And so he goes in there and it shows that in this, this portion of scripture that, that God is in control. I think he knew where he was. So here you have the power with, with Mary. They proclaim to Mary and they go right at Mary and tell her, listen, don't fear what you're fearing. I'm going to proclaim this to you. It's going to be okay. Do you not think it meant more to her that an angel said that than a person? Okay. Let me, I'll, I'll, I'll illustrate this to you. Ray, if I walked up to you and I saw your situation, and I said with your throat, I said, hey, you're going to be Okay. And you were worried about it and worried about it. Oh, preacher said he's going to be okay. That might help him a little bit. But if an angel showed up and said you're going to be okay, that raises the stakes up a lot higher, right? 
Who are you going to believe more, me or an angel? Okay, yeah, you're going to take him. So you've got to understand what's going on. It, it was a super action that God was going to do, a super miracle with, with Mary, but she needed some comfort with it. And the comfort was an angel came down and got, that, that shows the power of what this, what this guy could, what this, what this angel said to her. And so here you have the angel that says this to her. Let's see what, he, what she says to Joseph. Joseph is fearing something too, and watch the words. Go to uh, Matthew chapter 1, and you'll see what Joseph was fearing, and watch how the angel turns it on him and, and proves to him. Joseph, uh, Joseph is found in Matthew chapter 1, verse um, 18. We'll start at 18. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with the, whole, the child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. This states where Joseph's thought process was. He was a man like anybody else. He was a just man, but it shows where he was at. He was concerned. Now watch what the angel says. Again, when he shows up to the, to the um, shepherds, you're going to see a different reaction. But here he says this, it says, but while he thought on these things, isn't it great God has great timing? He told the angels what to do, and their proclamation was to go tell Joseph something, and while he thought on it, God sent them. Could God have went himself? Absolutely. But you know what? He sent a messenger, and the messenger was an angel. And so here, he's talking to him, and he says, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, look at the next two words, fear not. Now, what's he going to tell him not to fear? The aspect that was found in the verse before it. He was concerned about Mary. Look what the, what the angel says. God's timing is always great. It says, Fear not to take thy, the, unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. God knows what you need every step of the way. He knows when you need it. I mean, you just, he just, his timing is always right. And Joseph, as you read with this and you study more about what he tells Joseph, now he's going to tell the whole story. He just told her that Mary's going to be, have a child conceived of the Holy Ghost and she shall bring forth a son. And I like this, what the angel does. And what's the next word? And thou. Why is that important? Because it's putting it back on Joseph and saying, you have responsibility with this. You have to call him this. And of course, the, the, the angels also talk to Mary and tell her the same thing. But it says, and thou. It didn't say, and she shall call his name Jesus. Every word means something. He needed to know he had some dog in the fight here. And so you, thou shalt name his name Jesus. And he shall save his people. From their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying. Now he's reiterating what she was concerned about. He's ending it with this. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted, God with us. So here, Mary's concerned of what she's asked to do. The angels come in and say, listen, it's going to be okay. God, God has been blessing you. You're going to be okay. And then all of a sudden, Joseph gets this dream, and this angel comes and says something to him to make his fears go away. You ever been in a rough situation, a scary situation, you have no idea how to get out of it, and then there's a peace and a calm? It's happened numerous times with me. 
God just calms your nerves. God takes you where you need to be. That's not the case with the shepherds. Look at the shepherds and they have not done anything miraculous. You've got Mary that is going to have a child and she is told that she's going to have a child. She's never been with a man. And then you've got Joseph being told she's going to have a child. That's a pretty big thing to hear. But then you just got these shepherds that are just, I like the word, abiding in their fields. Mind you, if you would, they're just really not concerned about very much. And my wife and I were talking about this, and there's one aspect of this I never even thought of. And she brought it out, and I was like, that is incredible. I, I just, I don't think that way sometimes. Let's look and see what it says. It says in, um, in Luke chapter 2, verse number 9, it says, um, and, well, let's go to verse number eight. It says, and while the, and there, there were in that same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Here's what my wife brought out. We have electricity. We understand what bright lights are. Well, they didn't have anything like this. They're out in the night, and all of a sudden, <laughs> here comes one. And the first words they say out of their mouth, verse number 10, the angel said unto them, Fear not. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And that included them. He tells them, listen, don't be concerned about this. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. That's the only thing they're looking for. A child that is in a manger in swaddling clothes. They never broke it down to what, the, what, the, what happened to Mary. She, this child's born of a virgin. They didn't give him all the details with that. They just said, this is what you're going to find. And I think it's very interesting, again, God's timing. That God brings one angel and has him talk to him. And even the terminology that he says... Go to that first verse that he talks. He says, and I, for, fear not, for behold, I bring you. Can you imagine if the shepherds are sitting there and all of a sudden the whole, the whole thing lights up? They'd been scared to death. It's like God's just testing the water. Here's one of them. Then all of a sudden, boom, there's all, all these other ones come in. It says, and suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying. And then they keep going. It says, <clears throat> glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what they all said, and then all of a sudden it goes back down, and it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them from into heaven. As you look at this, how many stories in the Bible can you tell me where angels were there? There's not that many. Think that in your mind. There's a battle in the Old Testament. Anywhere else you can think of? Fire furnace was Jesus himself. Uh, just think about it. now. Now, put this all together in the perspective of the story. How many times did the angels show up in this story? They're all over the place. They're talking to Joseph. They're talking to Mary. They're talking to who else? Elizabeth? Uh, uh, Zacharias? They're talking to him? I mean, they're talking. They're, this is a big event. And the angels are taking care of it. And God's sending them, and he's, he's, it's a chess mask. Go over and see him. He needs to hear you now. Go over and see her. She needs to find out. 
And these shepherds, we're just going to go and we're going to just bombard them with a bunch of you. You guys scare them to death, get them over there, and they'll be okay. You think about how many times the angels were used in the story. They were not only used in the story, but they also used in dreams. So you have all these things, and the power of these messengers were incredible. What's the other messenger that I want to talk about? The other messenger that I see in this is found in, let's go to Matthew chapter 2. Go back to Matthew chapter 2. And I love these guys, studying these guys, the wise men. (laughs) Now, they are messengers. And they're about to tell Herod where, where the angel, where, what's, what's going on in their life. It says, in verse number two, it says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east of Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen the star in the east and are come to worship him. I find it very interesting that every time a messenger comes, people are scared about something. And the same case in this. Because if you continue to read, look what it says in verse number three. It says, when Herod the king had heard these things, he was, what's the next word? Troubled. Now, I don't understand this next part because it says, in all Jerusalem with him. The whole area is troubled. But I think they're troubled because Herod's troubled. He's scared of what's going on. But these wise men, they just come in, they just do what God tells them to do. All these things were directed by God. If you would, it's a piece of music and the orchestrator is bringing people in at the right times. And it's all done perfectly. I mean, the the gifts are given and then they travel. Mary, you've heard me say this, Mary and Joseph were in the stable. She was concerned about what's going on. All of a sudden, these these shepherds come in and say, oh, there's a baby in, in swaddling clothes in a manger. I was told to come tell you that. She pondered all these things. But there's a, there's a bunch of power in these messengers. You didn't mess with the angels. You didn't mess with the wise men. And, and, and Herod was a very drastic king, and he didn't do anything to the wise men. He didn't say, where was he born? You stay here, I'm going to murder you, and I'm going to go find out where he's at. He sent him on his way. He was concerned about him. And you can't say he had a heart for him because he was mad at him, and that's why he did what he did to the children. He was a heartless man. So here you have these messengers. So you have the power of the messengers. I like this next one. Not only do you have the power of the messengers, you have the power of the method. We're going to look at two things in here. The first one, the power of the method, is this. The star. (laughs) It's an interesting concept. Let's look and where's the star come out? Go to Matthew chapter 2. And the verses we just read, it says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there there came wise men from the east of Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? Now watch this. For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Let me ask you a couple questions. Did anybody else see these stars, this star? I don't know. But I do know that these wise men knew it and they were astrologers and they were watching it. My, 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 myself, I look at it and think, surely people saw it. How many of you look at the stars every night? Would you know if a new star came on? I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't know how to follow a star. <laughs> I mean, I could, you could see a star out there and go, okay, I'm going to follow that star. And when did the wise men have to travel? When it got specific, they had to travel at night because the stars were only showing at night. So was it no one saw it except them? We know it went away because they couldn't find it. So that's why they went to Herod. And that was God's timing too. Because it says once they got away from Herod, it says the, the star appeared again. So my question to you is this, and there's really no answer to this. Did it only show to the, to the wise men? Did everybody see it? I don't know. But you know what I do know? You know why this is so powerful? Because God made a new star. Now watch this. Power of the method is this. God can make something out of nothing. When you think about that, it's like, <laughs> wow. If, if, I, if I gave you this handful of air, Ray, and I said, I want you to make, I'll make something small, a pumpkin seed. Could you do it? That's how powerful God is. Just think about that. He made something out of nothing to honor what? His son. And not only that, to direct wise men to go there. There was a purpose in this method. Sometimes we get in a situation, we go, what is the purpose for what I'm going through? The purpose is God is trying to teach you something. He is. God is trying to teach you something. What is it? And he can make something out of nothing. We can't do that. The only th the way we can do that is in our brain. Something happens and then you react. It's like, oh, wow, I made something out of nothing. But you physically can't make something. If I, I could give you the smallest thing, if, if I went over to Peggy and said, I want you to make a little BB in your hand out of nothing, you couldn't do it. If I went and I said, Pete, I want you to make a feather, you couldn't do it. See, sometimes we read these stories and we go, wow, he made a star. Why don't you try that? I always thought it was interesting when they had that, I still think they had that company where you can name a star after somebody. Please don't ever do that for me because I'll never find a star anyway, amen? I have a hard time with my car keys, amen? Let alone a star. But you have this star out of nothing. Now watch this. The power of the method, and, and there's two aspects in this. God can make something out of nothing in your life. He also does something else, and you're going to see this in, in a second. The next one is this. Not only the star, but Bethlehem. Read up what everybody says about Bethlehem. And that's my life story. Watch. Keep reading, and he goes and he sees the scribes, and, and they, the, he asks the scribes and the, and the high priest, demanded where of, of them where Christ should be born. And, and they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus is written by the prophets, And now Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, Judah art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. So the first one, the star, you have God making something out of nothing. You know what you have on Bethlehem? God making something big out of something small. He'll make something big out of your life if you're willing to just let God use you. 
Most people know what Bethlehem is when it comes to Christmas time. They've heard that story. Now, if you were, if it wasn't mentioned in the story, you probably would have never heard, heard its name. Now, we've heard of Jerusalem because we hear Jerusalem all the time. But Bethlehem, how many, some of you went to the Middle East, have, how many of you ever saw Bethlehem? It's not that great of a city. It's a small city. And here, God used something big, put, put the Messiah from a small town, and he made something small into something very big. I have a friend that lives up, up somewhere in Pennsylvania, and I can't remember the name of the city, but when you walk in, it says, hometown of. And they've got two people they're hometown of. And I thought, I don't, I don't know if I'd break. Um, one's Arnold Palmer, and the other one is the um, guy that just passed away with the jacket. Won't you be my neighbor? Who's that? Um, Mr. Rogers. If you drive through Vincennes, Indiana, there's going to be a sign on there. And I guarantee you, every child that goes through that town goes, I have no idea who that is. It says, home of Red Skelton. But most, you ask a teenager, who's Red Skelton? Is that someone you dress up in Halloween as? No. Can you imagine Bethlehem, home of the Messiah? Sad thing is, is they don't want to accept that Messiah. But God can make something out of nothing like he did with the star. God can make something big out of something small. If we just allow him to do it. And the most powerful thing, we have the power of the messenger, we have the power of the method, and the most powerful one out of all of them, is the next one. It's the power of the manger. You don't get, you don't get much more powerful than that. It gives me goosebumps to think how he was born and how those angels must have been around there to protect him. How God was there to protect him. It just shows you, even in a volatile state, in a world where you think things could be destroyed, a little child, even Herod tried to destroy him, couldn't do it. You have the Christ child. And let's look, let's look at this, uh, this part of the story. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 1, and I want to show you this. Luke chapter 1, and here, as we follow this, in verse number 26, we're going to read a few verses with this. And this is when he talks to um, Mary. It says, And in the sixth month the angel of Gabriel was sent, from God and to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. I find it very interesting when you read this, that when you talk, to, talk about the shepherds, it's just a generic term for angels. But when you talk about Mary, it tells the angel's name. And what is Gabriel? He's an archangel which is a higher form of it. And he, here he's down talking to her, and he says, listen, he says, and the angel came into her and said, that, Hail, thou art highly favored, and the Lord, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Verse number 29. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God, and thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest. 
And the Lord shall give him, uh, give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom shall there be no end. Then it says, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon, upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God." And then, then I like how, what happens in this. Can you imagine how overwhelmed Mary is at this point? Okay. Was she engaged to Joseph? She was, or betrothed or whatever you want to, I don't know what they did at that exact time. But she had a boyfriend. And her whole life, just like my daughter plans, you know, this is what we're going to do, and this is what we're going to do, and how many days to her, I think there's 160 days for a wedding. She talks, she sends it to me all the time. She's got it all planned. Can you imagine in the planning of this, all of a sudden, an angel comes to a girl that has a, bo a boyfriend and says, this is what's going to happen. And tells her all this. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you have to share some news with somebody? And, it, and you know it's going to be overwhelming to them. But you still have to share that. But I like what the angel does. And, and remember this, the angel is always directed by God what to say. They don't have a free will to say what they want to say. They're doing exactly what God asked them to do. And so what they do is they, he's just told her, you're the one, basically. She knows what the Old Testament said. She knew there was going to be a Messiah, but you're the one. And to show the practicality of this, to show how much God cared for her, he gives her an illustration. Now, that's a big miracle, isn't it? That's the biggest miracle of all times. Is being born of a virgin. Never happened again, never will happen again. A one-time miracle. And you want to talk about the power of the manger? That's the power of the manger. But watch what the angel does. The angel all of a sudden starts talking to him. Says all this, and then, look at verse number 36. The practicality of the angel is this. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who is called barren. Now, Mary knows how old Elizabeth is. They're cousins. She can't have any more children. And the angel just sits there and says, listen, you're not alone. Someone else is going through this. She is overshadowed. Elizabeth is overshadowed by Mary, correct? Because if I say Old Testament, someone that was old that had a baby, who would you say? Abraham and Sarah. And most people in most churches understand Abraham and Sarah. They forget about this one. This is just as big a miracle as Abraham and Sarah. But it's overshadowed because of the power of the manger. But I think it's very interesting that the angel comes and talks to Mary to calm her down. Your cousin's going through this. And then the most powerful verse in this whole thing is verse 37. Watch what it says. And sometimes this is misquoted. It says in verse number 37... For with God, nothing shall be impossible. You know what he's, he's just said to her? That I did the same thing to Elizabeth. 
And no matter what you go through, God can do. You know, we have the, the, um, the Miss Templeton getting the test back. God can do the impossible. He does it all the time. And it's the power of the manger. The Christ child is going to sit there in the manger and he is everything. That's why we have this church, because of that manger. That's why we don't have the Holy of Holies and the temple. Because of the manger. The power of the manger. See, there's a lot of power involved in this. When I, when I get so discouraged when you look at what's going on in the world. Because, Bernard, all I think of is all the bad stuff that's happening. You ever feel that way? Just go, man, there's so much bad stuff everywhere. But when this child was born, it was all good stuff. And everything was protected, was brought, sent, done all these different ways, and they all came different directions. That shows me that there's so much power in this. And even when this man tries to ruin it all, Jesus goes down to Egypt, and he's nowhere in sight where where Herod comes on. But with God, guess what? There's not an impossible. I remember growing up, watching Evil Knievel. You ever watched him? That guy was crazy. And he would say, I'm going to jump across the Grand Canyon. I thought, what is wrong? Your mama didn't raise you right, son. But sure enough, he tried. It malfunctioned. And I was just reading something just recently, how many bones he broke in his body. But I look at, I look at this story, and you think, If Jesus said he could jump across across the Grand Canyon, Wendell, he could. Nothing's impossible with him. And that's sometimes we forget about this. So we've got the powers of these things, and they still work today. The power of the messenger. Holy Spirit speaking to you. He's your messenger. The power of the method, the things you're going through. God knows exactly where you are. And the power of the manger, that's what my life is all about. That's what I live for and die for. If it wasn't for that manger, I wouldn't have anything to live for. And if it wasn't for that manger, what would happen when I died? Nothing. It would, it would annihilate me. And I'm so thankful that God has this power. See, we read in, the, in Genesis that God created all these things. Then we read the story that there was a star. He had to create that too. He can create anything he wants. He's got the power to do it. So when you think you can't do anything, remember who holds the power. You know why most Christians don't do well in their life? Because they don't have the right power source. My power source is not me. It's not in these hands. It's not in my brain. It's not in my heart. My power source is an outside source. It's the Holy Spirit indwelling me and God showing me and Jesus helping me. That's what the power source is. Because, Ray, when I go and I try to do things myself, There's only so far I can take it. But with God, what? Nothing's impossible. Lord, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for the power that you give us. Thank you for the things that you do in our life. I thank you for the, sometimes you do methods and we don't even know what you're doing. And Lord, you love us. Sometimes we won't even see some of the things you've done till glory. Would you send people across our path and Maybe we're the method to them. We need to be the messenger and understand the power we have with the message that we have. We need to understand the manger. 